I'm Liz Walker. And I'm Jackie Clydesdale. And you're listening to Choral Fixation, where we explore why people love singing. And how we can get the non-singers to join in. Before we get to today's very special episode, we want to tell you a little bit about another episode that's in the works right now. So in the past few months, we've seen a lot of people hit the streets to protest everything from police brutality to COVID restrictions. And seeing as we're recording this now at the beginning of November, there may be plenty more protests to come. We started talking about the role of group singing at these protests, especially when we were looking at the Black Lives Matter movement. We were thinking about how it fits into or doesn't fit into protest traditions that we've seen in the civil rights movement in the 20th century, thinking back to the 60s specifically. So we did a bit of research and we talked to some really smart, really inspiring and interesting people who are working right now to make music a part of social justice work in these protests. And so we have some really great things to share with you. But right now, that episode is taking a little while to put together. So in the meantime, Liz had a great idea. Well, we decided that we were going to go ahead and do a little something that we've been talking about doing, which was a spotlight song where we would talk about a song and talk about the history of it and maybe the writers or the creators and how it got sung to sort of pull apart some of the ideas about why people love singing and why they love these songs so much and what they mean to people. So I hope you enjoyed this discussion of our very first Spotlight song and watch for our protest singing episode coming soon. Okay, no further ado. Uh, I'm going to tell you about the most unlikely song coming from the most unlikely singer. Okay, because you and I have been talking about, we've been talking about revolutions, we've been talking about protest singing over the past couple of months, we've been talking about uh, the civil rights struggle, we've been talking about the modern day Black Lives Matter movement, we've been talking about uh, the traditions, the... The inherent dignity. That's right. When people raise their voices in song. Sure, yeah. Right. Yeah, but now you're going to tell me a different story, because I understand (laughs) this has something to do with David Hasselhoff. Exactly. (laughs) He's as surprised as anybody. <laughs> okay. Okay. Picture it. 1989. Okay. 1989. <laughs> this is the this is like the dummies guide to 1989. Okay. Okay. So in the spring, Poland's solidarity movement chucks out the USSR. Right. Lech Walesa and us. all those guys. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. right. Hungary mm-hmm. in June tells Soviet troops to get the hell out of our country. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, just a few weeks away, the Velvet Revolution in Czechoslovakia is coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Later later in the winter, there's going to be the violent overthrow of Romania's dictator, Ceausescu. Oh, that's right. So, like, there are protests. There are rumblings. Like, Europe is on fire right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In other news, in China, Tiananmen Square just happened. Oh, Novelist right. Salman Rushdie is hiding under a rock because he wrote a novel. Tim Burton's Batman is the summer blockbuster movie. Basically, Jackie, everything is mental. Yes. Cats Berlin living with Pop- dogs. Sure. <laughs> Berlin Pop Radio is heard across Eastern Europe. Right. So Europe is kind of a funny place when it comes to pop culture. You told me to watch Eurovision. <laughs> yes, the Eurovision movie with... Uh, Song of Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah. yeah. I, I was thinking about how, like, like we, we call them novelty songs in North America. Mm-hmm. But it's not really a novelty if it's something that you cultivate. It's more of a cultural thing. <laughs> wow, you're making some bold claims here. I know. Yeah. I don't know anything about art theory, but yeah. I just think From that- From cultural like... studies perspective, this is uh, 
Yeah. Okay. Well, yes. I think that there is a thirst in Europe for dumb, goofy songs <laughs> that give you feels. Okay. Give you feels despite yourself. Okay. So um, enter into this miasma. <laughs> David Hasselhoff. Ooh. Star of Knight Rider. Yes. TV show about a guy who fights crime with a talking car. Oh my god, and it's so boring. Like I tried to I tried to rewatch it cuz like we were starved for entertainment in the 80s, okay? Mm-hmm. Apart from WKRP, there really wasn't very much good on TV. No. And uh, a few years ago in a little nostalgia kick, some friends and I were like, "Let's see what Night Rider was like." Unwatchable. Unwatchable. Watchable. We were like, we're ready to MST3K it and laugh the whole time. Doesn't matter. We got two thirds of the way through the episode and we're like, this is slow as cold molasses going up a hill. (laughs) It was awful. Well, that's because you're a decadent Westerner. Fair enough. Fair. Who who can't appreciate. Who can't appreciate Hasselhoff. You know, many have not really appreciated Hasselhoff. In his time. Yeah. At any time. (laughs) (laughs) Don't speak for future generations, Walker. Okay. (laughs) You think you know so much. Well, so the thing is is that he was riding a high. You know, he was, he was, he recorded a record. He put on his sunglasses and he walked into a recording studio and said, I can do that because there's no fame he doesn't crave. (laughs) Fair enough. So 1985, the debut of Night Rocker. The song is named Night Rocker. Night Rocker's the record. Night Rocker's the record. I did a lot of research on this, and there's one mystery that is never explained, and that is why it becomes a big hit nowhere in the world but Austria. Is this song recorded in English or German or some combination of the two? um, Oh, yeah. No, you're jumping way ahead of me. It's in English. It's in English. (laughs) Austria just loves a guy in a leather jacket singing in English. Like no, yeah, no sure. one really knows why. And this is why it's a mystery. You're like, you're trying to, you're, tr- I see what you're doing, Jackie. You're, you're trying to like make, <laughs> make sense, sense of it. Of you're trying what was he already working in the, in the German idiom? And you're like, no, no, he wasn't. There's no okay. reason why Austria right. decided Hasselhoff was the shit, but they did. Fair enough. So he actually, he winds up going to lunch with an Austrian fan who wins a contest that was only held in Austria to have lo- to win big <laughs> okay. lunch with David Hasselhoff. She tells him, you are huge in Austria. And he says, where's Austria? Oh, <laughs> dang. That's, that's amazing. Knight Rider is canceled in 1986. Oh, so, well, let's pause yeah. for a moment and pour one out for Knight Rider. <laughs> At some point in like the mid to late 80s, David Hasselhoff decides that it's time to make another record, a follow-up, if you will, to Night Rocker. And he remembers that he is really big in Austria, so he decides to go to Germany, which is close enough. And that brings us to 1989's Looking for Freedom record. Sorry, can we place Baywatch on this timeline? When does he get Baywatch? Oh, Baywatch is years away. Is it? Okay. Sorry. Years it's away. All- David Hasselhoff's career is not something I've kept my finger on the pulse of. So <laughs> he he has he's put the sunglasses on, he's hopped in mm-hmm. the car, and he's driving to West Berlin mm-hmm. because he's going to make a record with a German record producer. It's a follow up to okay. Night Rocker. He has hooked up with a big time record producer, Horst Nussbaum, former football player, now goes by the name Jack White. <laughs> so that <laughs> so that. <laughs> English agents can talk to him. Sure. Yeah. And he is a record producer with a gift for 
the soft underbelly of feelings. He he's worked with Paul Anka and Barry Manilow and Pia Zadora Ooh. and Jermaine Jackson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He has worked Our with forefathers Canada. in the soft rock classic genre. And Canada's Anne Murray. <gasps> Speaking of working in particular idioms, yes. Mm-hmm. And and this is this is a model that is going on. Uh, that he's there's a model that he follows, and he made Laura Branigan a big star. Ooh, yes. Gloria. Gloria. Gloria was an Italian hit from the 70s. It got repackaged by Jack White uh, with a <laughs> Horst sexy... Nussbaum. <laughs> Horst Nussbaum. He repackages the song with a sexy English speaking star. It's in English. She's attractive. And they have a huge worldwide hit. Hasselhoff wants that. Sure. He wants he wants a piece of that Gloria money. He does. Yeah. So he, he and Jack White, they go into Hansa <laughs> Studios in Berlin and they make some magic. And Hasselhoff and Jack White are working to, on this record. They're they're looking at a song that White wrote back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. It was a big hit in Germany. Uh, it was called Auf der Straße nach Süden, On the Road to the South. Oh, okay. All right. It was a big hit. Uh, Jack White gets it translated. They gave it a new name. And they, they use the same keyboards because the keyboards are still good. And they, they, they call it Looking for Freedom. Comes out June... 1989 and it is an immediate smash hit would you like to hear it would i okay i want you to open up that first link that i sent you okay okay let me just looking for freedom one morning in june some 20 years ago i was born a rich man's son i had everything that money could buy with freedom I had none. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I, you know, you can. You I can, can listen to it. the rest of it at my leisure, but yeah, yes, it. it's, it's, it's there. David, the video is David Hasselhoff singing. He's been looking for freedom. He's been looking so long, and but it's cut with shots from Night Rider. Like it's the Night Rider car escaping from a tractor trailer and flying over other cars. Uh, it's it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. right, but it has nothing to do with revolution or nope. the fall of the the iron curtain or anything like that it's really the video suggests nothing of its eventual meaning and significance to well, millions the, of people well no from the first uh 44 seconds that i've watched it suggests that david hasselhoff is singing uh uh in the voice of the car itself that the car <laughs> is searching for freedom and it needs to escape the confines of this tractor trailer it's been stuck in and then it busts out and like flies over things in an old school like evil Knievel kind of way. I think you got it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. For yep. our younger listeners, Evil Knievel was a uh, was a <laughs> motorcycle trick rider who would like, you know, build a ramp and then like drive very fast and fly over 20 Things tractor trailers yeah exactly okay so i mean so far this is like this is not even like a sneering mention <laughs> in rolling stones hot issue like well, there's no, nothing no of this course is nothing. Not. well and certainly you and i were alive and listening to popular music in 1988 89 uh-huh. we did not hear anything of this no we weren't teenagers in berlin and and that sweaty summer <laughs> every time some german youth turned on the radio this is what they heard okay Okay. And this is what's playing. <laughs> in East Berlin as well as West, West Berlin. Berlin? In West they would not Berlin. have heard it in East Berlin. Okay. Okay. So it wasn't on American Forces radio. N- no, probably not. Okay. So it's on 
W-B-E-R. Ooh, which would be the perfect uh, call letters for West Berlin Radio. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, nice one. Um, So where are we? We're in 88. Teenagers are This is 1989. 1989. This is the big summer song. Everything's going crazy around the world. And the Germans can't get enough of David Hasselhoff's <laughs> song, Looking for Freedom. So what next? What happens next? What's going Okay, does, well, so... Does this just, help fuel the flames of, of to, Eastern to, Europe? To provide a little yeah. context, mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've, got, I've got some thoughts from uh, uh, Der Spiegel culture writer, Hanna Pilarczyk. And she mm-hmm. says, I think Germans rather liked the Americanness about him. <laughs> and she says, his music is very simple. <laughs> and it's something to clap along to. Sure. Germans like to clap along to very straightforward rhythms. Yeah, that makes sense. That story checks I, out. I, that, that, I, that's, well, yeah, who doesn't? I think Hannah's a bit of a wet blanket, frankly. <laughs> she's underplaying she's, the joy I mean, that is pure. I think hawk. she's closed herself off from the joy <laughs> that is possible. Because, Hannah, the winds of change are blowing already. And people are happily clapping their hands. And this autumn... The autumn of 1989, okay. Germany is swept up in its own revolution. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. People are out in the streets, and Jackie, they are looking for freedom. Yes, yeah, they are. They're because uh, they they want to tear down that wall, Mr. Gorbachev. Well, and November 9th, kind of by accident, West German police let East Germans through the wall, and then the next thing you know, East Germans, West Germans, they're climbing the wall, they're sitting on it, they're chipping off souvenirs, they're mm-hmm. waltzing back and forth, and they're. Wondering what's been going on for the past 28 years. Yeah. I mean, these are people who speak the same language, but Mm -hmm. they're like strangers, really. That's right. Yeah. Families divided, the whole thing. And it's a really, I guess it's a really sexy time. It's really like everyone's just like, who knows what's going to happen? This is bonkers. Mm -hmm. So you fast forward to New Year's Eve, the end of 1989, the end of the 80s, the end of the Cold War, the end of East Germany. Mm-hmm. Is kind of what everyone is thinking. Right. New decade, new you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> new look. Life has given Eastern Europe hassles, and now they're ready to make Hasselhoffs. <laughs> so there's a huge uh, televised celebration for to mark New Year's Eve, and mm-hmm. it's at the Brandenburg Gate. Okay. And Hasselhoff is there to rock the crowd. There was a million people wow. at the gate, mm-hmm. and there were millions more watching at home. Mm-hmm. They're watching him sing his summer hit. Now, I want you to, che- to check out the next video I sent you, because this time, Hoff has been briefed. Okay. <laughs> so then it looks like what they're showing is... The actual concert for, from New Year's Eve? Mm-hmm. Okay. New Year's Eve, okay. 1989. Okay. All right. So here we go. Wow. He holds it. He sure does. <gasps> that bandana. Right? Oh, my God. Can I please describe what he's wearing? Yes. OMG. Okay. So he starts with his back to the crowd. He's wearing a leather jacket with like what I can only describe as a bedazzled uh, leather jacket with in the shape of like a, like a German Eagle. Yeah. Um, from the flag kind of thing. It's all lit up. It's yeah. And he's wearing like a, like silver Lurex tie band <laughs> across his forehead. He, as he turns around, 
Um, he lifts his arms. He's he's wearing a, like a tank top, a black tank top underneath. He's wearing black jeans. And what appears to be, and I, I don't know if this is really the correct way to describe it, but what appears to be a male chastity belt over... <laughs> his pants it's like a it's in the same silver lurex kind of thing it's like <laughs> it looks like he's been diapered with a silver necktie running <laughs> between his legs and then like around his waist it is beyond preposterous it is <laughs> amazing it's pretty great and this is what was beamed into millions of german households oh my God. Uh, mesmerizing its people and he in these moments of this this sort of nascent nation, he he imprinted himself upon them. <laughs> yeah, like a mother duck on some ducklings. Yes. Oh my yes, god. Yes, because like the the keyboard scarf that he's wearing earlier <laughs> is like iconic. Okay. In okay. Germany now. Mm -hmm. Really? And the light up leather jacket. Okay. With the with the bedazzled eagle on the back? Yes. Okay. So uh yeah, and he is loving this like he is. he's loving it because he is powerful and sexy and he's got all this hair mm -hmm. germany loves him and yep. america isn't isn't there for him right now so he is there for germany it's um and it's a big moment it's a it's the biggest how was this kept from us in the west elizabeth i do remember what 1989 and 1990 was like and there there were all these things happening at a rapid pace yes, which i do remember given that. that i was a young teenager i was like wow is this what is this what is this what life is like yes. because you know <laughs> yeah prepared you for 2020 at very I guess. <laughs> right you know like tumultuous time mm -hmm. it's true uh 30 years later german opinion is is kind of divided about hasselhoff hannah blarczyk the der spiegel writer she comes back and she says that she this is her take on it she says i think you can compare the situation back in 1989 to a huge party yeah where course. everyone was drunk mm -hmm. and you start making out with that guy who was attractive <laughs> and available but then you forgot about it but then like years after the party people are still reminding you hey do you remember that night that you made out with david hasselhoff <laughs> on the internet where truth becomes a fever dream that's a good tagline <laughs> you should pitch that to the internet marketing commission yeah. Google, you can use that. <laughs> People now claim all sorts of ding dang do about what happened. Sure. The night Hoff drove old Dixie down. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's, it, but there's no, there's no, the CIA wrote, I've been searching no, for freedom. Yeah, no, there's no conspiracy. Not, no one's worried about okay, that. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, they do imagine that he drove up to Checkpoint Charlie in kit. Oh, you know, that they open the gates. Hope. God, that would be amazing. <laughs> And it's funny with Hasselhoff himself, because he would actually go on to even bigger things after this, like not just saving a nation from itself, but like Baywatch of course. became mm -hmm. <laughs> like mm -hmm. a international phenomenon. And he was a producer, which means I think that he has like royalty money mm -hmm. that he could, mm -hmm. he could like wallpaper his house with. Of course. But I think this is also kind of like the most meaningful and significant thing that he maybe did mm -hmm. because he he is popping up in Germany's uh, chat to remind it about their passionate affair. <laughs> like a lot. Is he always kind of then trying to chase that hot? I think so. I think so because he he doesn't realize maybe that Germany has moved on. Mm. In fact, he was in he was in Berlin a couple of years ago and he like in this weird missing the point kind of thing he was protesting about how they were 
taking down a chunk of the wall because they wanted to build a condo. Okay. And he was like, no, don't let this history go. Keep it up. Yeah, but the people of Berlin have been searching for cheap condos. (laughs) So amazingly, there's actually a book called Did David Hasselhoff and the Cold War? Which I got from the library. There's something for everyone out What's there. What's the okay? So first of all, a how many pages is it long? And b <laughs> how big was the font type when they just wrote the word no? Like, it it's true. You can't say that he no, ended the cold. No, War, you can't he, say he, that. He provided the soundtrack. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Okay, so the so the author of. Did ha- David Hasselhoff and the Cold War, Emma Hartley. Mm-hmm. She attempts to explain what happened with a German compound word. Oh, I love a good <laughs> compound word. Okay. <laughs> she says that Hasselhoff and his hit represents the Zenzucht. The Zen- I'll say that again for you. Zenzucht. Zenzucht. It's the wistful longing. Oh, okay, sure. Wistful longing mm-hmm. for Western culture. For the weird word freedom Mm -hmm. embodied in a two meter tall, leather clad, chest haired dude. And more importantly, a very catchy song that every kid in school is singing. Ah, so all of the stuff that we had and that we took for granted, those are things that had to be, and I don't want to say sold to people, but like reinforced for people who had never known that kind of freedom. And, That's right. Okay. All right. I can yeah. kind of see that. Oh, so, don't make can... me like this song. Come on. <laughs> Look, you can dismiss Hasselhoff like some drawstring pants, <laughs> or you can climb into the hot tub time machine. Emma Hartley says mm-hmm. that a pop song is like perfume in the sense that when one encounters it after many years, it has the mm. capacity to take you right back to where you were the last time you encountered it. For sure. For so sure. like a song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And Hoff's song embeds him in the fabric of history as experienced by those who were present for it. Yeah. And I would be interested (laughs) if there are any German listeners right now, particularly those around our age, particularly those who were teenagers at the time. Like, Mm -hmm. I would love to know if, like, it's probably one of those songs that when it comes on, they know every single word start to finish and they sing right along with it on the radio and they and their friends, like you know, just, you know what I mean? I'll come crashing in on the chorus because they're like, yeah, this is the song that means something to me, even if it is, I don't know. You well, and I Jackie. you and I get together at karaoke and do a bitchin' number on, you know, Buffalo Stance by Nana Cherry. And what does that really have to say about how we connect with each other? Does it? it it's just we connect because we do. I think you're ready to click on link number three. I think I am. Is it Buffalo Stance? <laughs> so what, what you've got here is a 2018 here. concert. Okay. 2018. Oh, okay. 2018. David Hasselhoff and Andre Ryu? There's a lot of complex stuff going on here. Oh. Nice. So the Knight Rider car is on its way in. Andre Ryu is stage. directing yeah. the... is. Dear. Hassel- can you see him? He's oh, wearing white tie. Oh, I can tie. see him. Hasselhoff is wearing... wearing white tie. Yep. Get out of here. This is Andre's show. Good morning. Oh, 
the reaction shots. Aren't they precious? Okay. You keep watching. No, no, you watch for a while. <laughs> There's a lot oh, going on in this wow. video. Oh. Okay, so all of those people are approximately <laughs> our age. <laughs> and they are losing their minds. They're like hooting with laughter yep. at the same time that they are singing along. That's right. And just weirdly, I don't know if you've seen the the orchestra, but they're all yeah, like, they're all wearing ball wearing gowns, pastel and, gowns. Yeah, yeah, super weird. It is very odd. Oh yeah, they all come crashing in on the chorus. Yeah. Okay, so here's one of the things I want to say about this though is, hang on, let me just pause it. Okay, so first of all, Andre Ryu definitely knows this song and is like just belting it out on the chorus yeah to the crowd itself actually still seems reasonably subdued and there's just like pockets of people going bonkers so i feel <laughs> like i feel like there are people in the audience who are maybe like the classical music type who are like oh what's this is this what the pop is this what the teenagers were listening to 30 years ago <laughs> um people are really 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 loving it it's really cute and they're so happy um, and like you said, all of the all of the women in the orchestra are dressed like Disney princesses in like yep. what appears to be cotton candy dresses. <laughs> and big gauzy gowns. Big gauzy gowns. It's very odd. And they're really happy and they're like joining in and like you said, they stop playing in order to like sing along. Yeah. This this song means a lot to people. <laughs> we ask ourselves why do people love joining in? clearly they want to join in and experience some freedom well i mean one thing that emma hartley says is that germans are a bit protective of their tender feelings toward mm. the hof and i really saw that in this video mm -hmm. because they're they're laughing but they're not laughing at him mm -hmm. they're laughing at themselves they're laughing with themselves right <laughs> like they are they are experiencing so much complex joy i can't even like pull the pieces apart yeah okay i can see that where you're given that pass to be loud and obnoxious and relive that moment when you were 15 and freedom was sweeping europe yeah wow yeah <laughs> we don't have anything like that this has been great <laughs> thank you for telling me about the hoffer i i i would suggest that listeners go and check out those videos mm. Because yes. it's so worth it. We will post them in the show notes, yes. Especially the Maastricht concert from 2018, <laughs> where you, it's just, it's so bonkers, and everyone is middle-aged, and, and everybody just singing at the top of their lungs. Yes, yeah, it is. It's, um, it's a pure, it's a very pure thing. It's come, it's come very far from that Kit video. It's very complicated. But he, he brings Kit with him, so don't worry. He does. That's right. He drives in and Kit. <laughs> Michael, ignite joy in Germans. Well, there we are. I think we're done. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So we're on Spotify and we're on Apple Podcasts and we're on whatever the Google thing is. I don't understand where people get their Google Podcasts anymore. Yeah, they beam it directly into your brain now. Yeah, I guess so. Exactly. Google's got that kind of reach. So yes, like and subscribe and, and leave us a review and tell us what you liked. And if you don't like it, feel free not to. That'd be fine. <laughs>
Uh, no, because that song was written after the, like a Moscow uh, summer festival concert featuring Motley Crue and Bon Jovi and Skid Row and Ozzy Osbourne and the Scorpions. Okay. And he, anyway, he, he writes and records that later. It okay. becomes a huge hit. In when you say he, you mean the CIA. The CIA. 